Greetings and hello to everyone. This is the Business of Betting podcast, and I'm your host, Jake Williams. Today is episode 33, and we have Vegas Maddie joining the show. Maddie Simo is one half of the most trusted football proxy team in Las Vegas. Vegas Maddie helps contestants get their picks in for all the Las Vegas contests, including the Westgate Super Contest. We talk about what makes the Super Contest so popular and all the ins and outs of the Las Vegas contest scene, including why these are not sports betting contests. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Betfair operates a betting exchange and is licensed in the Northern Territory of Australia. Residents of Australia can join Betfair by visiting betfair.com.au and support this podcast by using promo code BOBPOD. Please gamble responsibly. As always, you can find us at businessofbetting.com or at bettingpod on Twitter. Please fire in any questions or feedback and potential guests you would like to hear from. So thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy my chat with Vegas Maddie. Today I am joined by Vegas Maddie from footballcontest.com. Maddie, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, sir. So how long have you been in Vegas for? Well, I've had uh, two different tours of duty here in Vegas. The first was right out of college. I lived here from uh, 96 to 98, and then I came back in 2005, and I've been here ever since. So that's kind of how I got started uh, with the whole proxy uh, service. Um, I know we're going to talk about that shortly, but it was pretty much right away when I got uh, got back here and saw kind of what the, what was going on with the landscape of contests, especially the super contests and how it started to grow. and. You know, I'm sure we'll, we'll delve into that shortly. Absolutely. So, so take us back to when you were interested in betting or what led you to go to Vegas in 96. What were some of your early experiences in betting? Well, you know, right, right out of college, I came out here. A, a buddy of mine uh, got a job with a company called Data Broadcasting Corporation. And uh, what they did, if you, if you would see these, uh, these contraptions now, you would laugh, but it was Maybe they're out there on Google, like if you do like an image search, but it's called Sport Tracks, and it was really like a handheld device. This was before cell phones were super popular. It almost looked like a pocket calculator, and it was like uh, like this little you know handheld device that you would get like live uh, betting line updates on. Um, and it was a company, yeah, the DVC Sports was was the name of the company. Uh, we also worked with uh, uh, another company called Computer Sports World that put together these little matchup reports for every game um, out there that, that were printed out. They were actually, if you went to the old gambler's um, library at the Stardust Sportsbook back in the day, you would just see all of these, all this dot matrix paper pasted up on the wall. And, and this is before the internet, like or before the internet was just kind of starting out. Um, but people would just go in there and they would look at this information and try to get, you know, try to get an edge on a game. And like I said, we'd cover everything, you know, every every major sport, every every game in, in every sport. And uh, what I did was I wrote up like a paragraph <clears throat> for a game, kind of just breaking down some some uh, betting trends and things like that to kind of, uh, you know, help somebody who didn't know much about a game to kind of give them like a, uh, an easy to read um, synopsis of, you know, where to possibly make a wager on the game. So 
<clears throat> that's kind of how I got started way back then was was working for this company. Um, they they kind of like ended up getting um, spun off into um, what became Vegas Insider um, years later. Uh, it was the old CBS Sports line at one point. I mean, there's all kinds of different things, but this was all back when you know betting was more you know underground. People didn't want to talk about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, of course, before the internet really got booming and now, you know, if, like I said, if you saw like, uh, some of these line services, um, you know, the, the software that was used and the different, you know, contraptions that the lines would come out at, you just like laugh. Well, the name itself, computer sports world, it sounds crazy <laughs> now that someone would name yeah. a business that, but I guess back then yeah. pre-internet days or pre- Exactly. That's how you got your information. I mean, people would just uh, download these these things. They download the the uh, program um, information and and you know to their computer and, and print it out. They'd get stuff faxed to them. You know, just it was yeah, it's very archaic now. But I mean, that was the way to get it back then. Interesting, interesting. And then you had a break from Vegas. What did you do in between? I did, yeah, I went to California. I kind of took a break. I, I was up in. Uh, um, Silicon Valley during the dot com boom, so I kind of jumped up, up there. The same friend that I that I uh, had got me the job here in Vegas was working at Netscape up there, so he he got me kind of out of Vegas at the time. I w- always wanted to live in California, so I just jumped at that opportunity. Spent three years um, up in San Francisco area, and then uh, moved on down to Southern California. Lived there for three years, and I came back here um, just because. You know, the, the whole, I've always had an interest in sports betting and, you know, writing about sports comes very easy to me. Um, you know, it, it just was an easy way for me to make money and kind of try to communicate to people, you know, uh, like different angles on games and things like that and just, you know, write game previews up. Um, that, that was kind of just has always been, you know, like I said, it's always come easy to me and I, I enjoy doing it. So it kind of just always kind of led me back here. So I want to talk about betting contests, and this is your area of expertise, you're a proxy, and we'll get to that soon, but is the Super Contest the biggest handicapping contest in the sports world? Is there anything bigger than the Super Contest? Absolutely, yeah. There's there's nothing right now that compares to it, and you got to be careful with betting contests because that's that's one of the things that they they are still trying to uh, differentiate, you know, with the whole world of DFS and everything like that. I mean... Um, the reason that proxies exist is because it is a contest and it's not technically betting. You know, they use lines that in the contest that are, in fact, contest lines. They don't. The lines don't move throughout the week. Whatever comes out Wednesday is what you get. And when you submit your picks on Friday, Saturday. Uh, so that's kind of the differentiation in, in why proxies are able to submit picks, you know, in the super contest and other contests around Vegas. Is that why there's stale lines? Because I always wondered why they don't just eliminate that stale line situation. Yeah, because once, once you have like live lines like that, then, I mean, yeah, somebody could, you know, maybe turn in their picks uh, like on a Wednesday and get the, you know, what they think is a good number. So a lot of people would wait to the last minute, you know, and it just, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. one those, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's as long as if it's if it's using like live lines like that it would be considered more or less a betting contest i would think okay interesting no i I always wondered that and then i guess there's some wire act implications probably or PASPA or whatever it might be so there's probably a fair bit that's gone into uh differentiating it from a betting contest right exactly i leave that to jay cornegay and the guys at the westgate uh, to, to go through with the nevada gaming board and setting that up i mean they've been 
they go through this every year, you know, with them when they want to make any changes. Like last year, they just introduced this Super Contest Gold Contest, which was a, you know, kind of a higher end version of the Super Contest. That was a $5,000 entry fee opposed to $1,500 and a winner take all. So that's like, you know, just an example of something new that the, the Westgate Superbook put together this last year. Um, but, they, you know, every year they have to go through compliance and, you know, come up with uh, different uh, different rules as far as the prize pool goes. Everybody, you know, I've, I've heard this so many times, especially since the contest ended, it was like, you know, they've got to take more uh, than just the top 50, especially um, when they had 2,748 entrants this last year, which was a record by, you know, about 1,000 people, um, 1,000 people more than the previous year, you know, and they still had the same prize pool of the top 50. So they thought, man, well, what if you go to like a poker style, you know, payout structure or something like that? Well, the problem with that is, you know, it's got to be approved every year, you know, so they have to, you know, be able to present that and say, all right, we're going to limit this number of people. I, I don't think, you know, until something, other things might get approved down the road, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty much maybe they'll go to a top 100 or top 75 next year. They definitely need to increase it because 50 is just too little. Rethink the way you see sport. Every action or play can be represented by a series of numbers. When you analyse this data, patterns begin to emerge. If you follow these patterns and develop systems, you can play the game within the game. Betfair.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Okay, so for those who don't know what the super contest is, can you break it down in simple sure. terms how it works? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's picking five NFL sides against the spread every week for 17 weeks. So if you if you get one uh, a pick right, you get one point. If it's a push, it's a half point, and then you just add up all your points at the end of the season. And the top 50 places um, at the end of the year get paid out based on their their prize pool, which this year I think was well over three million dollars, something wow. like that. So, uh, yeah. pursuant to my good math, there's 17 weeks, five a week. What's that? Uh, 85, 85 picks. So there's 85 yep, points up for grabs. Right. And basically, there's a lot of people involved at the moment. I know Bill Simmons has talked about it in the past, and, and Chad Millman has pushed it a fair bit in recent years when he was at ESPN, certainly. So what is it about the Super Contest that makes it so popular? I mean, just uh, I mean, the, the winner this year took home more than $1.3 million. So, I mean, that's a... Uh, you know, just just alone, the opportunity to be able to win that kind of money. You know, back when I started doing this, there were like three or four hundred people in the contest, and um, you know, the prize pool is much smaller. You know, top four, top five paid out like maybe twenty grand. Now you've got you know top fifteen. You know, or, or, I shouldn't even say that. Um, it's it's even you know much more than that. Like you know, you've got the top nine places this year paid six figures. You know, so that's a significant amount of money that that's available. And really, it's kind of like I don't want to say it's the every man's contest. But, you know, um, one of our current clients, Damon Graham, who he was the uh, the guy who wanted the barista at the time last this time last year. Um, you know, I, I think his story, seeing him finish first last year and then a farmer from Illinois finishing second really made it kind of a great story as far as you know, if these guys can win the super contest, then why can't I, you know? So yeah. it's just <clears throat> that potential to win a lot of money 
and you know, I mean, 17 week run is is very difficult. I mean, it's not something where I always tell people it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, but you do need a good sprint at some point to be able to put yourself in position to win it. So what you mentioned the barista and a farmer. What is the the <laughs> base of the contestants in the in the super contest now? It's is just it- all over the place. Yeah, I mean, some guys it's on their bucket list. They've always wanted to do the super contest. So they come out here with some buddies and just sign up, and it's a one-time deal. Others, you know, we had a client last year who his intention was to just enter one time, like a bucket list thing, and then he ended up finishing in the money, and then he took that money and he set it aside for this year, and uh, he didn't he didn't uh, win any money this year, but he said he's still trying to figure out if he wants to get back in it next year. So it's like you know, it could be like a domino effect where you go from year to year, and you just once you're in it and you see how close you get, probably to the money, you know. It's it's uh, it's kind of like I don't want to say it's like a sickness or something because it's negative, but uh, it's you get you get into it and you're like, man, I if only I had like you know I had this one bad week. I remember I had a few bad beats here. You know, if I would only gone you know one a couple more games, I would have been in the money. Some of the guys in the money too. I mean, you know, you hear stories all over the place of just like you know um, bad uh, like endings of games. We had actually uh, the two. Uh, guys going for the super contest gold title uh on christmas night you probably read about this game and how it finished but the eagles playing the raiders um oh that was one of them oh man yeah yeah so we had uh brett far 444 which is one of our clients and then stag capital who ended up winning the contest and they were on opposite sides of that game stag capital was on the winning side which was really miraculous with the you know fumbled lateral touchdown at the end to, to cover the spread, the eight and a half points when they won 19 to the Eagles, won 19 to 10. I mean, the Eagles, the Raiders did everything they could to cover that game the entire time, and that was the only way it possibly could have gone, you know, wrong for them. But just having that one game, you know, the way it turned out, it it flopped those guys in the standings, and then you know, Stag Capital guys ended up winning by half a point over another guy. Um, you know, to win $470,000. So, I mean, that, that's just one example of like one game, one bad beat that, you know, really changed the complexion of the contest. And that was in, uh, I believe, week 16. Yeah. 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 So, so, very late in the year. A lot of the. A lot of the people in Vegas talk about it. Even the Vegas media, the sports betting media talk about it. And they talk about consensus picks. They talk about if you want to try and fade the public, you can see what the super contest picks are doing now because there's so many entries. What sort of useful betting information do you think uh, you can sort of glean from the Super Contest and I guess each week? Yeah, I think it varies uh, every year. I mean, it's really, uh, there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. A lot of people like the, the fade the public kind of uh, viewpoint. Uh, no, VEASAN, uh, the new network here in Vegas that uh, that Brent Musburger is is uh, the, the man behind, yeah. uh, kind of, you know, the face behind, I should say. Um, you know, they do a really, they did a really good job covering the contest, but a lot of people like to talk about the consensus picks and, you know, how bad they do, whatever. But, you know, when it comes down to it overall, the season, they were, uh, they ended up going 40, 43 and two against the spread, which, you know, really right around 500. Um, and if you look historically, the, the previous four years, you know, before that, um, the consensus top five consensus picks, which was, are the five most popular plays every week. Um, ended up were 167, 164, and nine. 
Wow. So, I mean, that's about as close to 500 as you're going to get, you know. So to think that they're, you know, their fade material is kind of, you know, it's it's very misleading because there's definitely times of the season, you know, if you looked at the consensus picks this year even, they, you know, there was one point where they were doing really bad, but then once December rolled around, um, between weeks 11 and 14, uh, they went 15 and 5. You know, and then around the same time last year, they were 15, four and one. So it's like, you know, down, down the final stretch, it, people kind of figure things out a little bit. And, you know, they realize they've got a lot of money on the line in the contest. And uh, that's really when those consensus picks perform the best to kind of move up more towards that 500 mark. But it is. Yeah, I mean, it is a popular uh, uh, kind of, you know, stat or something like that that people like to look at. And, and argue about, you know, you see people on Twitter, you know, as soon as the consensus picks out, come out, um, you know, because we tweet those out every week from uh, our at football contest account. Yep. And, you know, you see a lot of our clients that follow us and other people as well. I was like, oh, man, I got four of the top five consensus picks were <laughs> my picks. I'm screwed. And it's just like, settle down. You know, you never know. I mean, the consensus picks might go five and oh this week and, you know, you might go four and one or you might go five and oh. So it's it's one of those things that's it's to me it's very overblown. You know, just if you look at the you know, the season as a whole, if you were to bet them every week you'd be down like a little money, but it wouldn't be the, anything to really like say, Oh, it killed me. That's you know? really, really interesting for me because you would imagine there's got to be a fair few stale lines in those consensus picks, right? Or is it Patriots every week? Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of people, yeah, there's there's quite a bit. I mean, a lot of people do play the line moves in there, but, it, you know, because the lines do come out on Wednesday, they, you know, Wednesday by 3 p.m. Pacific time, they try to wait until a lot of the injuries and things like that are, you know, they have a pretty good idea. There's maybe, you know, a couple games each week that are in question and they're kind of, you know, are off the board at the casino, but they're trying to make a guess as to what the line would be. But, you know, and yeah, every, every year there, there's a few games that are like way off, like, you know, a few points, but for the most part, they do a pretty good job with the, with the lines. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a matter of like whether a guy like Deshaun Watson is going to go down. That was, the, I think one of the bigger ones they were playing the, the Colts. I think it was, um, in the line, the line, uh, had come out, on the Wednesday, and I think he got hurt on went on Thursday, where he was out for the season, and just the disparity, you know, they ended up losing the game straight up at home, um, you know, as a I think they were double digit favorites, so it was wow. like that's that's like one of those rare cases that it doesn't work out, you know, that's but you, you have no control over that stuff. The Betfair Exchange isn't a house that sets the odds; it's betting at its purest. One punter's opinion against another's. Play the game within the game at betfair.com.au. Gamble responsibly. So are there any other major contests in Vegas, or is it sort of one out, or how does the situation work? Well, uh, there's another really good contest in town called the Friday Football Showdown at the Golden Nugget, and that one kind of flies under the radar a little bit. It's a $2,000 entry fee, and it's uh, it's seven picks instead of five, and they it includes totals and college football. And that's why a lot of guys really like that. And you see a lot of guys play the line moves in, in that contest as well. Um, the lines don't come out until Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And, you know, everyone's scrambling to get their picks in. The, the deadline's even earlier. Um, it's it's um, 2 p.m. on Friday. Um, so you basically have less than 24 hours to try to get your seven picks in. And it's kind of 
just all over the board. Some guys love playing the college totals, some like NFL totals, some like to you know, only play NFL sides. But it gives like, you know, every football handicapper, you know, the opportunity to, to go to their strengths. And um, but basically that contest is, is like a regular contest for 10 weeks. And then they go to an invitational type of format where it's like a head to head and you go up against like, you know, this year it was like they had a, a 16 like uh, contestant bracket and then uh, like the top four guys got buys. Um, so it's very, it's very interesting. It's more of a, you know, you got to get pretty lucky like down the stretch to be able to advance. We had, we had the winner, um, Chris Kozak, uh, his uh, alias is muck nuts. He won it last year and he won it this year too. Really? Um, but yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, he's just like had some unbelievable games go his way, but he also made some awesome picks too that you just, you know, you wonder what like went into it, you know, I mean, I'm just a proxy. I just kind of look at him and like, I'm, you know, mesmerized by how some of these games turned out. But yeah, he was down like, uh, to his competitor in the finals of the gold nugget contest. And he needed South Carolina on, on Monday against Michigan. And they're, they were down, you know, by a couple touchdowns early on and they ended up winning the game straight up and he had him plus eight and he needed that to win the contest. So that's just like kind of an example of, you know, some of those, some games that you just, you know, the finishes and how they turn out, it just blows you away sometimes. Yeah, it's probably part of the popularity, the the water cooler talk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but that, that's like the other major contest in town. Again, the Golden Nugget uh, does that contest, and they, they kind of tweak it every year. Last year, the the or not this past year, but two years ago, the, the head-to-head competition only had eight, eight uh, entrants in it. So they doubled that field this year, which made it a little bit more fun. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. But there's less than 100 people in that contest. So hopefully, like, next year and, uh, you know, they'll be able to build on the success the last couple of years and double the, the amount of entries. It's just, you know, the, everyone knows about the Super Contest, but they don't necessarily know about, you know, the Friday Football Showdown. William Hill is a is a big uh, sportsbook chain here. They have a college pick contest that's seven uh, college picks for 10 weeks. Um, they got, you know, a couple hundred people in there. Um this year and you know again it's just the, the growth everyone knows about the super contest they want to do that that's kind of like the granddaddy of them all and you know it's just interesting to see if some of these other contests pick up steam because of the super contest success so what about professionals are there professionals playing these uh yeah, oh yeah. contests that you can follow there's or? everybody yeah everybody from like you know like i said college buddies or you know high school buddies whatever that like kind of come together and you know i've had I've had uh, clients that, uh, you know, they have like 20, 20 people that like all contribute toward their five picks every week. And I'm just like, I don't know how you guys do that. Yeah, you know, that's I asking for trouble. Figure that out. That's, that is asking for trouble. <laughs> but, you know, there's, you know, a lot, of, a lot of teams in it with the $1,500 entry fee. And you split it down the middle and, you know, um, but, you know, all walks of life. There's professionals. There's just, uh, you know, your average Joes in there. I mean, and it, it just varies from year to year you know, who ends up winning it. I, um, so it's, like I said, last year, uh, Damon Graham won and he's a barista, you know, um, they just all, all walks of life and just, just the opportunity to win it as, you know, as anyone, you know, I think that's the appeal to it for sure. It's just, you know, if you can kind of get hot at the right time and, uh, you know, kind of go 500 and 
or better or a little better like for half the contest and then just do really well in the other half um, or go on a real good run for about a month or so, you know, you put yourself in a good position to win a million bucks. So are there any trends that you've seen throughout the years in the contests or any sort of hot streaks or weird sort of happenings? Or I'm guessing a lot of statistical-minded people would just say it's variance, small sample size, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it just depends in general, like, what people, like, you know, uh, the the whole thing with, you know, sharps in the contest that, uh, um, you know, like to play underdogs, you know, most of the time. I mean, that's kind of what this year was was tough on the dogs, um, especially, like, certain stretches you know, like the last three weeks of the season this year, if you go to fantasy supercontest.com, it's one of our partners and they've got breakdowns for the whole season. And then the last three weeks of the season, right on the homepage. If you look at like home team favorites against the spread, the last three weeks of the season, 29 and one against the spread, um, home teams in general, the last three weeks were 28, 17 and three against the spread. Well, they're both over 60%. So if you just played, played those kind of numbers and rode with them, you know, the, the last three weeks when, when all this money is on the line, you ended up doing pretty well, you know, and that's why this year in particular, if you look compared to last year, uh, how, how people did in week 17, it's like night and day. Like so many people had winning records in week 17, um, this season compared to last season. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I think is just cause the, you know, the, the favorites, you know, people understood that they were doing well and they just kept riding them to the very end. So what about, is there a common approach for the winners or those that do well or even your clients that do well? Are they getting hot starts and, and riding it out? Because I would imagine a lot of game theory comes in at the end when you're, if you're a couple behind and you want to try and win, you might just go all contrarian plays or you might go against the stale lines, I would imagine. Yeah. But have you found any sort of ways that people that do well consistently have been able to do that? Um, yeah, it's, it just varies. Like it's just, it's all over the place. I mean, you know, if you look at the winners and even the, the guys who finish in the top five or whatever, every year, if there's different walks of life, different ways of handicapping and stuff like that, like I said, and you know, it's just, I think the, the common thing is, you know, you just want to be able to finish the season strong. I mean, we had guys who were in the top five, you know, even two or three weeks ago who didn't even, you know, finish in the money. Uh, just because they had poor finishes, you know, that's happened to, to us, you know, some of our clients the last couple of years and it happens across the board. I mean, you just, if you have like two bad weeks down the stretch, you're not going to finish in the money. It's just, it's, you have to be able to like, you know, really make your move at the end of the season and not even, even the winner this year, you know, he went three and two in the last week and, and probably could have done better, you know, but three and two is good. It was good enough. He had a two and a half point lead. So there was no way to catch him, you know, but, uh, it's just you, you, do, you just need to finish like the last week of the season is when, or the last month I should say is when you should have everything like kind of figured out as far as your handicapping style. You know you should get to have a good feel on teams. Uh, you should know you know what teams are fighting for. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're motivated. You know in the, these certain spots. Oh, favorites are on a roll. I'm going to keep riding with them. Just kind of keep going with the certain trends and and just ride them out and and until they end and then. Yeah, if, if there's one week that the trend might come to an end, then you just chalk it up and move on and try to see what else is hot and, and ride that out the rest of the season. Because um, that's like with the favorites, especially down the stretch this year, that was, I think, the difference maker was just being able to take those favorites and and just, you know, turn them into money there at the end of the year. Yeah, well, was it 29 and 1, did you say? 20, uh, 29 oh, and gotcha, 1. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. It's, it would have been a lot better if it was 29 yeah, and 1. Yeah, I was going to say. 20, was, yeah, right. <laughs> it's still 69%. still very good, you know. But that's that's home team favorites against the spread. 
Um, and road team favorites were eight, seven, and two. Uh, you know, and then you got confer- you know conversely the you know road dogs nine, twenty, and one against the spread the last three weeks. I mean, yeah, that's just not going to. A lot of people like to you know take home dogs even, and, and home dogs were seven, eight, and two the last three weeks of the season. You know, and they were right at fifty percent for the season, forty six, forty six, and five. Um, so that's like just an, you know, an idea of, you know, guys who are sharp, they might want to look at dogs a lot of the time, but this just wasn't a good dog year overall. Yeah. And I guess the the genius is picking the trend before it happens. We can reverse engineer yeah. as much as we like, but it, it sounds like those who do well, obviously pick the right. Yeah. One. I mean, the, the general rule of thumb is like, if a team's going to win, they're going to cover, you know, uh, you know, 70, 80% of the time. You know, so if you just roll with that, you know, if you just pick the teams that you think are going to win, you know, stay away from maybe double digit favorites and things like that, that might, you know, skew that a little bit. But, you know, just just pick winners. And if you could pick the teams that you think are going to win the games, you know, they're going to they're going to, you know, cover the spread most of the time in that situation. So what sort of percentage over the season do you need to be in the money or be close to, to cashing? Are you talking in the mid 60s or is it high 50s? Yeah, I mean, this year it was like you needed 52 points out of uh, 85. So that was the cutoff. Um, okay, so yeah, it sounds like like the- 61%. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that was a lot more competitive than last year. Last year, I think you needed 51 and a half, or no, 50 and a half. Sorry to to finish in the money. So you know, it's this year was definitely a lot more competitive. Um, you know, the winner hit over 70%, which is unheard. You know. That's happened three of the last four years, but um, you know that's 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 a really you know tough number to hit, you know, and that's you yeah. Know, if you hit that, you should win over a million bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder what the math is if you just put I don't know five hundred bucks on on every pick and it went you know in the high sixties or whatever these winners are doing. It's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah it is a lot of money. I mean, over seventy percent. Yeah, you're doing pretty well. That's for sure. So where's it trending? Where's it heading? The contest, and I guess all contest uh, contests in general in Vegas. Is it all looking up, or what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, the more interest every every year, you know, especially uh, you know, I know gambling in general is is getting a lot of uh, you know publicity nationwide, and and rightfully so, you know, through um, through the government and trying to get things through. Um, contests are a little different entity right now, and it'll be interesting to see, you know if there's some kind of uh, sports betting legislation that goes through how that's going to affect the contest, if people will be able to enter online, you know, if you go way back and you, you know, kind of think about why the sports book started these contests, it's to get people in the sports book. So, you know, they, they didn't think that there would be such like a, a huge amount of people entering out of state, you know, who, who are going to use the proxies. I mean, I think proxies like ourselves, that probably, you know, it's a, more than half the, the people in the contest use proxies. So, you know, back in the day, you know, it was mostly locals that are entering these contests and and the, the casino didn't take anything off the top. Now, like the the Superbook, the um, Westgate, for example, takes 8% off the top um, to try to make something off off the contest, you know, because they realize that, you know, they, they want to get some, some money off this because not everyone who's signing up for the contest is going to be making bets on a regular basis. They're going to have proxies putting in the picks for them and... You know, that's that's just like the way it is, you know, but the main, you know, the main reason contests exist like this is to bring people in the door on a weekly basis, if not, if not a lot more, you know, more often to so because, you know, that that person is going to be walking through the door and hopefully bet making some other bets while they're putting in their picks. 
That's interesting. I didn't know there was an 8% VIG. That seems high. There is now, yeah. They just started it uh, last year. Okay. Um, yeah. The gold contest does not have that, but the the regular contest for the super contest um, uh, does have that. The gold nugget contest has no VIG either. It's 100% return. And I think that's, you know, that's a good marketing thing for them, you know, to be able to be a contest that's, you know, 100% payback. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there is a lot that goes into the contest and running it. And, you know, as it grows, especially, you know, it's going to be over 3,000 entrants next year. Um, I do um, think they're going to, uh, to allow um, entrants to enter picks um, within Nevada if you have the mobile app next okay. year. That's something that I know that they were talking about uh, possibly doing. So that's that's definitely a possibility. Again, though, you'd have to be within the state borders. You couldn't just have a, uh, you know, the app and be able to log in from New Jersey or Chicago or some, you know, someplace like that and put in your pick. So the whole proxy thing, I'm not sure, you know, in, until the contest goes online 100 percent, I think, uh, you know, they're going to continue, you know, using the same process. It's, you know, it's one of those if it ain't broke, you know, no need to fix it kind of thing. They'll, you know, use, you know what's been, you know, taking the contest to this level and kind of just keep rolling with it until something else comes down the, the road that says, you know, we can open this up to, to everyone else across the country and let them, you know, possibly register, you know, online and things like that. But, you know, again, like the, being able to do that takes away from the purpose of the contest. So that's, you know, you want to get the people in the book to, to sign up in the first place. You want to get them, you know, even if they have a proxy, you want to get those people in, in the book on a, on a weekly basis, if not more, and be able to, uh, you know, make some money off them. So most of the listeners will be outside, almost all the listeners will be outside of Vegas, I would imagine, and probably NFL fans, a lot of them, or NFL betters, a lot of them. If they want to get involved, how does that happen? Because you mentioned that they've got to sign up in Vegas. Take us through that process and then obviously submitting picks if they're not in Vegas. Sure. Yeah, well, with the use of a proxy, you know, if you go to footballcontest.com, that's our website, you can go there and read up, you know, all about the process. We've got a good FAQ we put together that tries to answer every question. If there's something that you still have a question about, feel free to email us at proxy at footballcontestproxy.com. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everything is pretty much, you know, you get out here physically to sign up anytime from July 1st until um, the the Saturday before the first games kick off, which is, you know, um, only by they cut it off, like at the same deadline that you have to put picks in, which is 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, if you, you know, you just got to get out here to sign up in person. So you got a couple you, of months. Yeah, you got a few months. It's a good like for, you know, July, yeah, July, August, September, you got those, you know, that two and a half months or whatever period to get out here. And then, you know, you just find a proxy that you trust um, that you, you hire to submit the picks for you. And then, uh, you know, we handle everything via email right now. And, you know, so we send the lot, we email the lines to you and then you just kind of make your picks, you know, accordingly and send them back to us. And, you know, we confirm that we put them in, that we received them from you, that we put them in, you know, try to keep the communication as good as possible. Cause you, you know, I mean, you don't know us from anyone, especially in Vegas, you know, you might think, oh, the proxies are shady characters or whatnot. But, like, you know, we've been doing this for over 10 years now. Uh, we have the most people out of any any proxy service, and rightfully so. You know, we, our reputation speaks for itself. We've had, you know, a couple of the two winners in the last five years. We've had, 
you know, more, more than half the, the people who cashed uh, in, in this year's contest were our clients. Um, so, you know, we, we try to, you know, be as open with communication and as responsive as possible. Um, and I know others try to do the same. Uh, but it's, it's really comes down to you being able to get out here. A lot of people just are like, oh, well, can I just, you know, can I just send you my money and you sign up for me? No, you have to physically come out here and, and, you know, fill out the entry form yourself. And then you work with us the whole rest of the season. And then hopefully we meet up at the end. So it's, well, it's a trip to, they should plan a trip to Vegas yeah, in the middle of summer and go to the few pool parties and then sign up and then exactly yeah get their proxy in place and speak to you about it. And then they can, uh, yep you know, start getting involved in the contest, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, we've already had people this week, you know, as soon as the contest ended, how do I sign up and, you know, for next year's contest, you know, well, just got to make sure to get out here and, you know, sign up in person. That's the number one thing. If you can do that, then we'll make everything else really easy on you. And, you know, that's, that's the hard part for a lot of people is just being able to get out here. Do you have any international clients? We do. Yeah. We've had, uh, Clients from all over the globe. We had a guy from Italy this this past year. Um, wow. Just uh, it's 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 crazy. Like every year, like yeah, we we and a guy from uh, Norway that entered the Netherlands, Mexico, Finland. Can't can't we got a lot of Canadians, uh, Ireland. Um, yeah, so it's re- it has really become an international contest, you know. And there's there are no restrictions as far as that. I get that too. Can I sign up if I'm from out of the country? And the answer is yes. Again, if you can get you know get somebody to sign up for you we had a u.s serviceman who was based in abu dhabi his parents signed up from a couple years ago and uh you know he was able to make his picks you know via email you know from across the globe so this goes to show you know it's pretty much anybody can enter yeah as long as you're 21 years or older and you can find uh somebody you trust that can sign up for you or you know if you get out here in person to do it yourself that's very cool it is a good way to engage in the full season and I don't know about 20 or 21 people or whatever you mentioned before in one team, but if you have a few people, it's good to get yeah, some inputs. Yeah, that was in. ridiculous. I, that was like one of those that was was crazy. I just couldn't believe how many people they had uh, that were making their picks. I mean, I think, you know, five five people on a team seems like, you know, good enough. But, yeah, you have that many people and you have to try to figure out what's what. And, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> it's the way it goes sometimes. Whatever, whatever it takes, they, you know, maybe you have 15 people that pitch in 100 bucks a piece again or something like that. I don't know. So what is the entry fee? It's $1,500. Yep. And does that get you in just a super contest or is there smaller contests throughout the season? Uh, that's Well, it's it's a super contest, but they also have a couple of smaller contests within the super contest. Um, they have, they This year that they, they started, they had a, uh, paid out a twenty thousand dollar bonus for the the leader after the first four weeks of the season, and then twenty thousand um, dollars for the leader or leaders at the um, eight week mark, and then twenty the grand. Last, yeah, the last three weeks of the season, they have something called a mini contest. Yeah, that uh, is worth fifteen thousand dollars, and we had the winner of that as well this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just they try to make you know engage people. So if they're if they don't have a chance to win, you know, the whole thing, at least they you know, they can win a little piece of the pie along the way. That's very interesting. No, that's very cool. Yep. Uh, Vegas, Matty, thank you very much for your time. It was cool to chat about something I didn't know too much about, and I'm sure it's interesting for those outside of Vegas or outside of the U.S. who don't know too much about contests. Before I let you go, Twitter handle and, and the website again, so those who are interested can get in contact. Twitter handle is pretty easy. It's just at football contest, and the, 
the website's easy as well, footballcontest.com, and we've got information on all the big Las Vegas football contests there. You know, we, you know, try to put as much information on there as possible. And, but again, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at proxy at footballcontestproxy.com, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible, and we hope to work with you next season. Absolutely, and I can't wait for the first listener to get out to Vegas for a weekend and sign up and then get their proxy picks in through you, and I'm definitely going to try and do it uh, for the first awesome. time in 2018. So thanks again for your time, Matty. Uh, look forward to meeting one day in Vegas, and uh, yeah, all the best in 2018. Yeah, we hope to see you this, this uh, in a few months here. Thank you. Residents of Australia can join Betfair by visiting betfair.com.au. And please support this podcast by using promo code BOBPOD. Gamble responsibly.